Hello again, friends. This is Mike. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably somebody that likes to talk or think about spiritual topics. And I've really been bothered over the past few weeks dealing with spiritual issues and trying to better understand how they relate to what's been going on in the world. And that's what I want to talk about here. Today's a Tuesday podcast. It's going to be a little bit shorter, but still some thoughts. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types like I am, ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So let's get started with today. This has to do with what's been going on in the world, and I've just been really wrestling with all the concepts that I've been learning and expounding upon as part of the Soul Unleashed process. I heard some people say that what was committed, the atrocities that were committed in Israel on October 7th were the worst that ever happened in the world, the worst thing that ever happened. And of course, that's not true. That's far from true. Even if you study the Bible, the Bible's got plenty of things gone on in it, some of which I've talked about in previous podcasts, where God himself directed the Israelites to wipe out complete cities and down to every man, woman, child, and even the animals. So there have been terrible things going on for a long time, and it's not limited to the Middle East, but I, I spend a little bit of time there, and there are some terrible things that happened. I was in Lebanon a couple of years ago, and... I was on Mount Lebanon, and there were some people there telling me about the famine that occurred in uh, during World War One. So the Turks basically shut off Lebanon from receiving food, and the Armenian genocide had also happened, I think, in 1916. So this was about 1918. And they, they perished on this part of Lebanon called Mount Lebanon. It's up in the hills. But there were some 400,000 people that were there prior to the, the the war, and about 200,000 of them starved. And there are pictures that they have, you know, many of the atrocities that happened in previous generations or previous eras obviously weren't documented like the Hamas thing was with GoPros and cell phones and, and everything else. And it just makes it seem that much more real and visceral to us when we can see these things happening. It's It's... It's a shock to our system and to our eyes and to our brain, and it's it's hard to comprehend. There are some pictures, however, of the starving that happened. Uh, there, there wasn't a lack of food. It was just that they couldn't get to it, the people that weren't allowed to get to it. And 200,000 out of 400,000 people perished. And there are tons of stories about man's evil to their fellow man throughout throughout history. But it doesn't lessen any of the questions that I have, and I'm sure that you have, in terms of what the God's plan is. How How's this supposed to work with divine justice? I did a little bit of studying with St. Augustine, and I respect St. Augustine's writings, and he talks about temporal versus eternal justice, or justice that happens here on earth, and justice that happens after, after we die. St. Augustine was, a, of course, a scholar and a theologian, 
And he said that there are things that happen here on earth that man is born with original sin, and so therefore we are imperfect. And some of us receive God's grace, some of us do not. I'm not telling you this because I believe all this or that I'm really into this, but I find it interesting the way he described it, is that some of us receive God's grace and some of us do not. And if we react to the the reception of God's grace, then we, in the final judgment when we die, then we go to heaven. If we don't receive God's grace or if we reject it, then we go to hell. St. Augustine also had something which I struggle with called predestination. Or pre, he, he, he believed that God knew everything that was supposed to happen, and so some of us were preordained or predestined for salvation and for going to heaven, and some of us were not. <clears throat> There's a lot of discussion about that, and, and uh, there are people that disagree with that. There was a, there was a guy back in the day called Pelagius or Pelagius, and he wrote things contrary to this. He didn't accept uh, St. Augustine. He was a Christian, but he didn't accept St. Augustine's concept of you have to receive grace in order to be saved, or you have to receive grace to go to heaven. Uh, Pelagius basically believed that, that humans could be autonomous, that we could make our own decisions, that we had free will, and um, that we're punished or rewarded based upon our own choices and actions in life instead of it being something that was predestined by God. However, as I've mentioned in some other previous podcasts, there were uh, church councils, uh, the Council of Carthage in 418 and the Council of Ephesus in 431. These are church councils where all the, the big giant brains got together and decided what, what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe. And they decided that Pelagius was a heretic and everything that he wrote was wrong and St. Augustine was right. Man, you could do a whole... Well, people have done plenty of books about this, right? You could do plenty of podcasts about how these councils came together and decided what was right and what was wrong. I read a book someplace, and this is kind of interesting right now because there's a synod taking place in Rome. For those of you that don't know, the Catholic Church gets together and all the, again, big giant brains, cardinals, all get together in Rome. Pope calls the synod and they discuss things and they come up with changes or reaffirmations of what the church, Catholic Church believes. Uh, there was this, a big one called the Second Vatican Council, which came up with a whole bunch of things. I remember when I was a kid, my parents were all distressed, and my in-laws, because uh, one of the, uh, I think it was the Second Vatican Council, decided that Masses did not have to be in Latin. And for a lot of people, even though they didn't understand, <laughs> understand Latin all that well, the Latin Mass was something that was traditional, and that you know, Catholics liked, and then they, they went from Latin to English, and that was a big change. But back to the Synod. So the Synod is taking place right now, and there are those people who believe that whatever they come up with, whatever they decide, and whatever they decided in Carthage in 418, and whatever they decided in Ephesus in 431 was correct. And the reason it was correct, there's a word for this doctrine, I can't think what it was, the reason it's correct is because the Holy Spirit was there, and the Holy Spirit would not let them say anything or come up with anything that wasn't right. Um, you know, I could have used the Holy Spirit a few times when I was taking tests in, in college. <laughs> um, I don't mean to be disrespectful here, but it sounds like a great way to say that whatever we say is right, no matter what. So whatever the Synod comes up with right now in Rome is going to be right I'm using quotation marks, 
because the Holy Spirit's supposedly there. But anyway, Ola Pelagius wound up a heretic, and St. Augustine ended up being uh, what everybody believed. But back to St. Augustine, is he said there, yes, there is a final judgment. How this all ties back to what's going on, if I could reel myself back in here, how this, what this ties back to is how can people do the kind of things that we've seen in these images and these videos and murdering people in their cars as they're driving that one video of just the, the uh, dash cam as this car is driving, you see all these people shooting at the car and it, there's just something eerie about that to me that the dash cam is just doing its job recording what's happening dispassionately while people in the car are murdered. Uh, how can those kind of things happen and the men that perpetrate it or the women that perpetrate it, how can they not be punished when they die? For some people, that's all they, they, the only way they can deal with their grief is the belief that those murderers will be brought to justice in this world or the next. I have struggled with that because much of what I've come to believe is that you know, our soul dies, our body dies, our soul passes on to some other spirit or or plane, and, and then it, it rests and rejuvenates and then has the opportunity to come back to this world and to improve what we did before. Um, that is that is wonderful, but it just doesn't seem like the, if, if the, these, these murderers, these terrorists doing what they're doing it just doesn't seem right or fair or just that they would die and their souls would just go and rest and relax then come back and you know that there's not some vengeful god someplace bringing down the hammer and saying you're going to hell that's what we kind of expect right um so that's why i was researching what saint augustine thought about afterlife saint augustine does believe in some type of judgment afterlife there are many religions outside the Catholic religion that do not believe in some type of final judgment afterwards. Uh, most of the world's major religions do. Even Islam believes that there is a, a eternal justice that happens. Uh, Judaism certainly does. It's kind of ironic that you know there, there are some, so many similarities between these two religions that are fighting each other so, so terribly. Um, there are some, however, that do not believe that there's any kind of final judgment afterwards. You know, the Unitarian Universalists, for example, uh, people often joke that, you know, they accept that everybody and anybody <laughs> to their church. I went to what a, to a couple services one time in the Universal Unitarian Universalist Church, and I couldn't figure out really what was going on because we didn't, we didn't uh, you know, I was coming from a Catholic background, but it just seemed like pablum, you know, like there was nothing that we were really doing except trying to make each other feel good. But anyway, Universalism... Unitarian, Unitarian versus Universalism, it's easy for me to say, liberal Christianity and, uh, and just basically people who believe in reincarnation are, are examples of, of those types of belief structures that do not believe in a final judgment after death. And I have to tell you, and I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, I have to tell you that I find it hard to believe that there is no judgment for these people that committed these atrocities after death. And if, if you were to believe that there was no judgment for them after death, 
then I think one would be motivated to make sure that they received judgment and punishment in this life. And, and for many people, that's what's happening right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm expecting Gaza to be leveled, and, and there are plenty of people that believe that they deserve it and they ask for it. Um, I'm not going to get in any kind of discussion really in this podcast about what I believe in that case, but I, I, I do understand how if people believe that there's no eternal judgment afterwards, that they might want to take care of it in this life. Um, and even if you believe there's eternal judgment afterwards, it's just so hard to accept not doing anything and, and just believing that they're going to get their judgment later. And then there's the children, right? How can how can those kind of things happen to children? And what's God's plan for that? How How can a loving God permit children to suffer like that and not just what we saw on october 7th it happens so many places in the world due to evil and due to mistakes but how can children suffer and how can they live a life like that and be over so quickly babies um is that the only shot they get at life on earth you know is that the opportunity for their soul or do they get to rest and refresh and come back again and, and live a, a more complete life or a longer life. Those are the things I, I struggle with. So this has wound up being way longer than I way longer than I thought. I thought I would find some answers if I went and studied St. Augustine and if I went and studied uh, Pelagius. Uh, I basically got to Pelagius because I read about what Augustine thought. And I thought, well, man, if he, if he thinks this, who, who disagreed with him? St. Augustine has a couple of his, 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 major, his major works. Uh, City of God, I think, is his, his major work. But um, Confessions is another one. And, and those, are, those are two books that he wrote, City of God and Confessions, that talks about this dilemma of temporal justice versus eternal justice. So thank you for, uh, for hanging in there with me on this. Um, it's something I struggle with. It's something I've, I've, I feel uh, I wish I could understand why God, why God permits this. It's the whole problem of evil. Why does an all-loving, all-powerful God permit these kind of things to happen? And uh, you know, one day I hope we, I hope we'll know. Thank you, friends. I appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye bye. That wraps up things for today. If you do me a favor, please, you hit the subscribe button. That would be great. That way you'll never miss an episode. And more importantly, if you get the opportunity to leave a review, I really appreciate it. Both things help other seekers such as yourself find this podcast more easily. Of course, that's what I'm looking for is more awesome people like you. So thank you again. Until next time. Bye-bye.